Welcome to episode 77 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey shares a story about how shark meat could be hiding in some of your pet food. And I share a story about a man who tried to smuggle a bunch of reptiles across the San Ysidro border crossing. We learn about two new picks with a bad reputation. And about our fascinating and final animal of the week for this month. So let's get to it. Episode 77 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 77, a palindrome, of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Sally. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of fantabulous animals. Uh, but what have you been up to, Casey, since last I saw you? I'm pissed. You pissed? I'm pissed. You're pissed versus you peed. Okay, <laughs> great. Oh, you said I... <laughs> no, I, yes, I am pissed. Yes. This is why sometimes you actually do need to use proper grammar and not just... Do... <laughs> anyway, no. continue on. Yeah, so... I remember talking to you about needing to watch Green Planet. Is that the plant thing? Yes. Okay, yeah. And I missed the episodes. Oh, no. Was it on what channel? Was it was on? on BBC America, but like when I went to go look for the schedule, and it's like I saw that the last episode had already premiered by the time I I wonder was. if it'll be on HBO Max because I've always had a problem because I don't have BBC America and mm-hmm. Doctor Who was on that, but then last time I was on HBO Max, they had Doctor Who, oh. which is BBC. So maybe they'll have, hmm. maybe HBO Max will have some BBC I stuff. I don't have HBO. Does my brother have HBO Max? That's problematic. Someone in your family should have it so you can all use the account. I think my brother. That's bro- how it works. I don't think my brother does, actually. Like, one of you has Netflix, one of you has Hulu, one of you has HBO. He, I know he had to have HBO because he watched Game of Thrones all the time. Well, I used to pirate but- back in the day until they were smart <laughs> enough to finally come out with their own service. I'm like, you need to do this because I would pay you to do it. But mm. right now I'm pirating. But the last seasons I watched for real. Oh yeah, so I missed that, and I'm pissed. But I am planning on getting another plant. I'm getting going to be getting another sundew. But it's got my sister got me this little. Is that plant. one of the carnivorous ones? Yes. Okay. My sister got me this little planter, and it like takes care of your plant. All you have to do is make sure the reservoir is full, and it like gives water to the plant, and the, the light will turn on and adjust with the height of your plant hmm, as it that's grows. Cool. Maybe I would have plants survive if I did that. Yeah. Because I'd kill all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to have to feed it because it's going to be indoors, so not nearly as many insects as the ones I have outside. These poor insects. Yes. They're going to be fed to animals, just like, here's this plant. Eat the poor we, little... We do the same thing with reptiles. Mm. We do, but it's like, it somehow yeah. seems worse that a plant's eating it than a reptile to me. I... But speaking of reptiles, yeah. they're also being a pain in my ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> because... Last time we were recording, one of my lights was just like flickering on. And I was like, at first I thought, okay, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to turn it off because it's self-ballasted mercury vapor bulb. So I might have just somehow gotten hot and not been able to turn it fully on. Is this a heat lamp or just a light It's a heat lamp and a UVB. Okay, okay. And then I let it go down and then I tried turning on. It seemed fine. Then it started flashing. And it's like, damn you. And And... I tried it with a different lamp, and then it worked fine. I was like, damn it, it's the damn lamp and not the bulb. Yeah. So I had to go and get another lamp. But then by the time I got home, then when I came back home with the new lamp, I see that 
the bulb had burnt out. So it when was it, the bulb and not the lamp then? No, it was, but then because of that flashing... Oh, it had killed your bulb. It so killed you didn't my have bulb. a new bulb? Nope, I had to go buy Why one. Why didn't you just go get a bulb to be have on standby? Because they're expensive. Don't they only last like six months anyway? No, a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I do remember so them. The regular UVB but... ones, it's like six months to a year, depending on the manufacturer. Okay. But yeah, so I had to replace that. And then recently, the one of the lights on my <laughs> um, snake's enclosure was starting to dim as like, come on, you better not burn out because you're not even that old. And it's a halogen, so it's more energy efficient and it's supposed to last longer, and it burnt out. Mm, that's annoying. Yeah, so then I had to go get a new one of those. So you made three trips? Yeah. Good times. With yeah. gas prices the way they mm -hmm. are, too fun. Yeah. And um, I forgot how bright a brand new one it was. So when I, it was facing me when oh, I turned it on. Oh, you turned it on? Oh, good. <laughs> And it was blind for a few seconds. Yeah, I bet. But it works well. There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. you got to pay attention to schedules more. And you know what? When things start to die, they tend to die all at the same time. That's usually how it goes. Yep. All right. Well, I decided I wasn't going to wait any longer. And I'd finish this out this month. And then I'd start on new stuff later. I was like, I'm going to get those national parks done. So I finished Everglades. Again, another tough to place one. It's kind of in between safe and mostly safe, but I went mostly safe because there is a lot of death. Um, it's a circle of life. Yeah, it's kind of weird because <laughs> they kind of follow this one alligator mom, which also baby alligators are some of the cutest things on this planet. They have no business being that cute. I find baby snakes to be adorable too, but baby alligators are just, especially when they're swimming, yeah. ugh, they're just so cute. Mm. And they grow up to be terrifying things. But anyway, um, so... Yeah, um, many, many things to discuss in this. So they one issue I had was that they described these dolphins, normal bottleneck dolphins, who come in more on the coastline, which is a behavior I've seen many animals do, but they're describing as like these ferocious killers, these monsters. Like they're like villainizing these dolphins the way they're talking about them for doing a behavior that so many other animals do. They don't talk that shit about orcas who are actual assholes. They're so, not. They're just living. They're assholes the way they kill no. things. Anyway, so the dolphin just goes in and does that whole little, like, where they move their tail so they stir up a bunch of dirt and the fish freak out and then the fish jump and then they get the free-for-all to eat. Anyway, so um, not cool. Not cool. If you're going to villainize the dolphins, then you have to villainize everybody else who does that. So not okay. Anyway, and then, of course, they talk about the pythons. And, of course, they show a freaking giant python swimming, which is, like, my biggest nightmare. Mm. Like, venomous and giant constrictor snake swimming. The, the worst as it gets. Uh, anyway, so um, terrible. And they show it eat a raccoon. Spoilers. Anyway, <laughs> and they're saying that, like, there's been a 99% decline in raccoon sightings since the pythons yep. have become such a problem. So that's a big problem. And then they have the key deer, too, which we saw when we went to the Keys um, and to Florida, like, nine years ago or whenever we did that. Um, they're cute. We finally got to see one. We had to drive around. We just drove around this one key, like, in residential areas. We're like, maybe we'll see one eventually. And there's oh one. God. Anyway, um, but they're cute. They, like, go in the water. But that's another giant problem. They're super endangered, and a python can eat them. Yep. And even a Florida panther, a python could theoretically eat a Florida panther. And then they were talking about the Florida panthers, of course, a little bit. And also, Florida panthers aren't really Florida panthers because they had introduced Texas 
cougars to mix it up. Mm. So anyway, then you're not exa- whatever. Anyway, so they have a lot of issues with um, endangered species in the in the Everglades, and um, and then they follow this one alligator mommy and it's just crazy because the only thing that has any chance against one of those pythons is like a full-grown alligator yeah and they did not well i'm assuming she killed it because she got one bite in that i don't think it could have survived but also i'm like did you eat it they didn't show her eating it i'm like wouldn't you take advantage (laughs) if you killed it i feel like i don't know they don't really bury their food like other ones but i'm like eat part of it because like it's dead i mean also good it's dead because obviously it's coming to hunt your babies but like eat it because that's a free meal anyway so um oh spoilers again the out there's a fight between a python and an alligator which really could go either way because she's not a massive male but she wins so good job mom and they just talk about interesting alligator stuff but there's a lot of death there's um one section which i kind of find really funny were they no i think they were egrets i literally watched this like this morning i should remember (sighs) i think they were egrets but there's these birds and i think it's in the drier season so the bunch of the alli- yeah i think so a bunch of the alligators are all in like the same area so they're not all spread out anymore and the egrets are it's their nesting season so they're getting sticks and they want particular sticks to make their nests with yeah so some alligators will put sticks on their noses so the egrets will come down and then they get an egret yeah so anyway so that was kind of interesting i was like that's a little funny i mean also <laughs> the egrets are real dumb <laughs> but anyway um so it was interesting, and then they talk about wildfires and other things. And anyway, and then all the issues, and, I, and of course, I just think, oh, Florida, <laughs> oh, Florida. This Got is cool why stuffing can't take care of it. This is why, <laughs> this is why people get so pissed when you can't have certain pets and stuff. I'm like, that is exactly why, because some fucking idiots who got a cute python. I can't imagine those are ever ever cute because I feel like they're never small. But anyway. Um, and then it gets into this massive thing that can eat you. <laughs> so they just release it, and then it destroys the ecosystem. So all the mammals the are basically... didn't help either. Yeah. Um, and it just destroys, you know, the ecosystem. So that's a huge, massive issue. But anyway, there's a lot of death. There's a standoff between a crab and a something. Oh my <laughs> Some gosh. sort of bird. I don't think it's a heron. I don't think it's a heron. I don't know. But anyway... Um, there's a standoff, and it's there's just there's a lot of death in this one, and I felt bad for the little raccoon. Anyway, so um, also because I'm like, you don't belong there. You have no natural predators. This isn't okay. But what do anacondas even have? We talked about this. Don't they even have natural predators? I when feel like they're they younger, even... jaguars and caiman. When they're little, yeah, but like, anyway. I guess that's the problem: is the pythons are being released a little yeah. bigger. Only the alligators have a chance. Anyway, so America's National Parks, Everglades, uh, I'm giving it mostly safe, which I don't have the list in front of me. I just realized I should have probably done that since I finished the series. But I'm pretty sure I know the only not safe, officially not safe one was Olympic. Orcas. <laughs> and then they're almost... What was that following even in that one? Uh, various seals, orcas. Oh. They talked about the ochre sea star a little bit. But they don't follow like families much in these um and then pretty much everybody else was in the mostly safe category and i one place was safe i feel like it may have been yosemite i don't remember anyway if you go to the website you can see i will have updated all of those so there you go everglades mostly safe i've honestly already given spoilers for most of it um they do show mantis a little bit oh but only a little bit so there you go but, uh, yeah, but we should move on into what we wanted to talk about. So, Casey, yes. tell us what you wanted to tell us about today. Yes, I will. Sharks are hiding in your pet food. I, the way you say that, <laughs> the 
makes me imagine that like I dish out some little wet food for Tiger. Yeah, and this little <laughs> shark just like and like attacks. Oh my gosh. Him. That reminds me of one of the funniest commercials I've ever seen. What? So it's like this person's they're just out swimming in the ocean. All of a sudden a great white comes out and chops them. But it's further out, so it's not graphic. Um, and then it goes back down into the water. Then in the sky it says Tampex. Jesus. It's <laughs> not how that works at all. I but know, okay. but it's hilarious. A man definitely wrote that. Oh, uh, yeah. I like the surfer that was saved because two sharks attacked him at the same time. Oh, yeah. I'm like, the odds of that. Mm-hmm. You need to buy a lotto ticket. I'm like, also the fact that they both tried to do it is what saved you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. Continuing on. Anyway, now that I imagine these little mini sharks just, like, reaching out. Mm-hmm. But... Pieces of sharks, I imagine, is what you mean, are in pet food. Yes, so pet store shoppers may want to look out for fish, white fish, and ocean fish on the ingredient list of your pet food. (gasps) Those are in so many! Yes, as it may contain shark meat. Recently, in Frontiers and Marine Science, researchers published a study in which they used DNA barcoding testing 45 pet food products that they got from Singapore. There were 144 samples in this study, and around a third contained shark DNA, including some endangered species. The most commonly identified species was the blue shark, oh, no. followed by the silky, which are classified as near-threatened and vulnerable by the IUCN red list, respectively. Another study done back in 2018 found shna- <laughs> shark genetic material in pet food as well as cosmetics in the United States. The authors of this study wanted to perform this research, given the information from the 2019 study, and wanted to find if there was endangered shark in the Asian pet food market as well. They noted that many of the products they use have very generic terms like fish or white fish on the labeling. Mm-hmm. Some use tuna or salmon, but some didn't have fish at all on the ingredient list. Oh. Mm-hmm. Over the past 50 years, the shark and ray populations around the world have declined by over 70%. And overfishing was found to be the primary cause of this decline. Um, As one study found that was published in the journal Nature last year, the researchers stated that one potential reason why there is shark being used is an attempt to reduce waste from the shark fin industry in which shark carcasses are usually discarded. In the paper, they write that they are skeptical that this is the sole reason for the presence of shark in pet food, and that is more likely a result of the high fishing pressure that sharks are getting to exposed to now. Fishing pressure? You mean like in sucking nets and stuff? Yep. Okay. But purposely sucking nets, or they're just bycatch? Bycatch. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, well, not much you can do about that, quite mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. I guess. You can try to avoid buying things that have ocean fish mm-hmm. in them. Are they, did they name specific brands or where they're, you um, know, made? I did not look up for specific brand names, but it did not mention in the article. Would you have to see if it was made in, like, Singapore or made wherever? Although it's probably packaged here and the ingredients yeah. are probably sourced from there. That's always a nightmare with ingredients because it's like, even if it's made in whatever country, mm-hmm. you don't know where the source stuff is coming yeah. from. It's always... That's why I like um, Open Farm. It's uh, sustainable pet food. Um, they use like sustainable fishing practices as well as farming standards and stuff like that. Hmm. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
not really a segue here, um, but more, I guess, San Diego news. We have San Diego news lately. Um, I heard a little bit of this on the news, but I didn't hear the whole story. But um, the article is, man caught at Mexican border allegedly had more than 50 reptiles stuffed into his clothing, which I think just sounds like a nightmare for most people anyway, because most people are not fans of reptiles. They should be. Well, I mean, I like them, but a lot of people are freaked out by them. Anyway, so um, U.S. border officers have caught an accused wildlife smuggler smuggler allegedly attempting to cross from Mexico to the United States with more than 50 reptiles concealed in his clothing just one day after he had been charged with trafficking up to 1,700 animals into the U.S. That is my favorite part about this. Like, you just got charged with that, and then the next day... You're doing it again. Like, do you think they're not going to, like, be looking out for that? How stupid. This is a U.S. citizen, by the way, so yep. they're idiots. Anyway, um, so basically they're trying to do the San Ysidro uh, crossing that links Tijuana to San Diego, which I did not know. It's later in the article. I'm just going to share that little fun fact. If I can find it again. Uh, San Ysidro crossing is the fourth busiest border crossing in the entire world. Probably because all the non-21-year-olds go down to TJ to party. Yep. <laughs> I feel like that's the main reason. Um, so, yeah, Sandy. Also, fun thing about that crossing, there is an outlet mall down there, and it is the very last exit before you go to that border crossing. So, if you miss your exit, you get to wait in line at the border crossing and get to explain that to them. So, good times. But it is a cool outlet mall. Anyway, moving along. So... He was arrested um, on charges of attempting to drive across the border. Uh, there, where I said already. And they stopped him and did a personal search and found uh, 52 live reptiles, nine snakes, and 43 horned lizards inside bags that were concealed in the man's jackets, pants, jackets, excuse me, pants, pockets, and groin area. Why? According to a statement from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So this going to say that, like, you know, smugglers will try to do all this stuff all the time. They'll try to smuggle them however they can. This is a 30-year-old California resident. Um, is this? And anyway, on February 24th, the smuggler and his sister were indicted um, by a federal grand jury in Los Angeles on charges of running a massive wildlife trafficking ring. And they were charged with smuggling roughly 1,700 animals worth about $739,000 into the U.S., including turtles, monitor lizards, iguanas, chameleons, and baby crocodiles, of course. Um, and a lot of the ones that they were smuggling are endangered by the IUCN red list. And um, anyway, so that's just the wildlife smuggling trades. There you go. So they were looking into it, obviously, and just skipping ahead. This is kind of a long article, so obviously it'll be up on the website. You can always look at the whole thing. Um, so also makes the thing like if you're buying reptiles, you have to really be careful to make sure you're getting them from a reputable mm. source because you could just be getting smuggled animals that are super illegal and um, they also go on to say at some point that, as I think we talked about before, I don't know if we talked about it, we just said that the tiger was there, but they've caught people smuggling tigers before across yeah. the border. Like, they smuggle all kinds of insane things. It's crazy what people will do down here. Any, well, anywhere, but at that specific crossing. So anyway, yeah, this crazy dude had that many reptiles in his clothing. And how stupid are you? That's my next question. Just how stupid are you after you just got charged for that? So, anyway, life lesson. Be very careful if you're getting reptiles and stuff to check where they're sourced from because uh, they could be smuggled. And also, it's very bad for the animals because they could die in that situation. Like, that's not a safe way to transport animals. So, there Always you go. Always best to get yours captive bred. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, so there you go. And then also, they're saying that... By the way, I did 
you can finish, but I did find some supplementary material from the study with brand names. Oh, cool. Um, and they also were saying that he allegedly made 36 crossings at San Ysidro in the last year. And then he's stupid and posts on social media that on Facebook, apparently, that he has these animals for sale. So what a dumb butt. Anyway, um, so there you go. I will obviously link the article. Um, but yeah, crazy people smuggling things. And also, did not know San Ysidro is the fort. Now I want to know what the most, the busiest ones are. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I'm going to have to get back to you next time, folks. Oh, that'll be over a month away. <laughs> yep. Whoopsies. Um, but note to self, look into those because it's not really animal related, but it's interesting. All right. And I guarantee you most of it is probably because people are partying in TJ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So finish. Tell us what the brands are. So one of the ones listed here is Sheba. They did okay. sample the tuna and whitefish in gravy and detected uh, two different uh, shark species. It's I do not know all the names, scientific names by heart. Another one was Fancy Feast, Caesar, another one of Sheba's. So, so far, these are all cheap brands. Yeah. Snappy Tommy, Tom. What? I've never heard I've of never that. Never heard of that one. Um, Aristocats, Gourmet Delight. Do they have to pay Disney for that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Angel, Purina, Jolly Cat, another one of Fancy Feast. Um, whiskas. We're still mostly on the cheap ones. Yeah. Monge Jelly. Fancy Feast again. Another Fancy Feast. Lots of Fancy Feasts. Snappy Tom again. Sheba and Angel. Yeah. So Purina is your only one that's kind of like a bigger brand, but mm-hmm. Purina also sells really shit food and then they sell better food. Yeah, the ones they sample was Beachside Crunch with Ocean Whitefish and flavors of shrimp, crab, and tuna. Hmm. Okay. There you go. So at least if you're getting the more mid-level and premium brands, you're hopefully not getting that problem. Yeah. Unless they didn't oh, sample Oh, I found those. more. Um, New Tripe. I've never heard of that. Nope. Axie Yazoo. I'm butchering that. <laughs> Kit Kat. Can't not pronounce that. <laughs> Axia Meow Meow. Maybe some of these are different countries. It's probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Friskies. Yeah, cheap one. Still Purina. Yep, that's... Okay, well, mm-hmm. there you go. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Cheaper <laughs> they are, the less they put into yeah. their... <laughs> also, they do... Those brands will often use, like, just very generic, like, fish. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's not my mm-hmm. recommendation of any of that. I wouldn't recommend... I did have, when my cat was really sick and she wouldn't eat stuff, I did have to do Sheba because it was one of the only things she would eat. Yeah. But Fancy Feast, first of all, smells disgusting. So mm-hmm. I don't want to feed a cat Fancy Feast just based on the how bad it smells. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but yeah, so maybe go at least mid-range on your cat mm-hmm. foods. Or dog foods, but it sounds like it smells a cat. So there you go. Um, but that gets us to our picks yes. for this week. And Casey chose it. Yes, it did. And, uh, yeah, we'll just talk about it as we get there. He, I would have chosen this one if he hadn't taken it. But anyway, yeah. tell us who your pick is in the category. So the category is sharks from this very long region. <laughs> region. A weird region. Yes. Which basically for this came down to the Indian Ocean. That's pretty much what a lot of things <laughs> came down to, yeah. And I decided to go with the tiger shark. Woohoo! Tell us about them. Yes, so the tiger shark's scientific name is Galeocerta cuvier. 
The tiger shark is found across the world in tropic and temperate waters. It predominantly lives in coastal waters, but is known to cross the open ocean when moving between islands. Tiger sharks are the largest member of the family Carcharinidae and the second largest species of predatory shark. Who's the first largest? The whale. They're not predatory. Great white. <laughs> okay. I was like, whale shark. They're not predatory. <laughs> um, great white is the largest. Oh, tigers yep. are smaller than them? Yep. Hmm. I don't know. I thought tigers were bigger. Nope. Great white is... The biggest. All right. Continue on. Yes. Uh, they measure from 3.25 to 4.25 meters in length and can weigh from 385 to 635 kilograms. Some of the larger individuals have been reported at over 5 meters in length. The average lifespan in the wild is mid-20s for most tiger sharks, but it is estimated that they may be able to live up to 50 years. Tiger sharks get their name from the stripes that cover their body. These markings are much more noticeable when they are young and gradually fade as the animal gets older. That just, sorry, randomly makes me think. So it makes it sound like tigers were the first thing discovered. And then everything after that that has tiger in the name, like you had to see a tiger before you now saw I'm curious when tiger, tigers were described. Right? Because um, then you had like a tiger shark or like a tiger beetle or tiger whatever. Tiger like, chivalry. Yeah, like so many tiger things. I'm like, so obviously the tiger came first, I Let's guess. See. Probably Linnaeus. Sorry, now we have a, a yeah, rabbit trail. Yeah, so it was described in 1758, the tiger. Hmm. And I guess, I mean, it would make sense that, like, ocean ones wouldn't be mm-hmm. that much because you wouldn't encounter them, especially if they're not Yeah, the and then the tiger shark wasn't described until 1822. There you go. Interesting. Any Yeah, back to it. Sorry. <laughs> This species has gained a reputation for being one of the most dangerous shark species in the world, coming second only to the great white in reported attacks on humans. Despite this fact, an attack by a tiger shark is incredibly rare. There have been a total of just 36 fatal tiger shark attacks. Hawaii is one of the regions with the most frequent attacks and an average around just three to four attacks per year. Tiger sharks are known to have a wide array of prey items. Analysis of stomach contents from this species include things like stingrays, sea snakes, birds, and squid. They are opportunistic scavengers as well as hunters and will use their spectacular sense of smell to find prey. On Norfolk Island, which is off of the coast of Australia, farmers dispose of cow carcasses by tossing them into the ocean. And tiger sharks in this area have become habituated with feeding on these cow carcasses. I, I think, think we, they. I think we talked about that a bit yeah, before. Yeah, I think they eventually banned it. I have to double check that. Because they don't want tiger it, sharks all of it. <laughs> yeah, tiger sharks in general are generalists and predators that feed on a wide variety of prey items. For example, in Hawaii, but they will um, specialize in on what's most important in certain regions. For example, in Hawaii, they will frequently prey on sea green sea turtles. Yes, they have strong serrated teeth, which allows them to actually tear into the turtle's shell. I have seen video of what turtles will do in response, and they'll go into shallower water, and then they turn around and bite the shark on the nose. (laughs) That's all they could do. (laughs) Yeah. Like many of their relatives, tiger sharks give birth to live young. Females will give birth to pups in shark nurseries where they are safe from predators and abundant. so cute. Yep. After females give birth, the pups are on their own to fend for themselves. Because of this, adults and young tiger sharks live in separated areas. 
Tiger shark is classified as near threatened by the IUCN red list. This species is threatened by shark fisheries as well as being caught as bycatch. They are mainly hunted for their fins but also for their liver oil. They are also subjected to population control programs such as those in Australia and South Africa. Uh, but those don't show really any evidence for being effective at stopping attacks. And the species has a low reproductive rate, so they are highly susceptible to overfishing. No. Yeah. All right. Well, um, there weren't a ton of sharks left at this point. Casey already talked about the blue shark. And I had already spoken about the whale shark. <laughs> so um, I figured... more sharks. There are more sharks, but there weren't a ton more sharks. So I was like, well, let's just round out... We've already talked about the great whites. So let's just round out the three shark species that have been responsible for human deaths. <laughs> so I chose the bull shark. And their scientific name is Carcharinus. Carcharinus. Carcharinus lucus. The bull shark is found across the world's oceans, but it is primarily restricted to the coast in tropical and temperate waters. Again, everything is in the Indian Ocean as far as this category goes. Uh, bull sharks are sexually dimorphic, with females getting larger than the males. Their size also varies depending on geographic location. For example, bull sharks around North America are usually larger than those in the Caribbean and near Costa Rica. In North America, females average around 2.8 meters and males are around 2.7 meters, but some of the largest individuals reach lengths of 3.5 meters and weigh over 300 kilograms. There's where it's kilograms and not kilometers. <laughs> Bull sharks are known to live in their 20s, into their 20s, with some individuals reaching 30 years of age. They will feed on several species of fish as well as rays and smaller sharks. So mean. But they also... Um, but they've also built a reputation for being among the few shark species that will go after prey that is their size. Ooh, that's crazy. There is a general trend in their diet that changes with age. Younger sharks tend to go after bony fish, while the adults prefer feeding on other cartilaginous fish like rays and sharks. The bull shark is considered one of the most dangerous species of shark and is among a group uh, sometimes referred to as the big three due to being responsible for most attacks on people. The other two, of course, being the great white and the tiger shark. However, some consider it to be the most dangerous because of its preference for waters less than 30 meters deep, along with its aggressive um, temperament, and they're in contact with humans much more than the tiger or great white shark. The species is known to be docile in some environments. For example, in the clear waters around the Bahamas, divers were off will often interact with bull sharks. Uh, fun fact. I dream. I want to swim sharks, but not bull sharks. I do. Um, fun fact, it was actually attacks in 1916 blamed on bull sharks that were the inspiration for the book Jaws. Wow. Well, I guess they're not as aesthetically pleasing as a great white. <laughs> this species, though, is um, probably most well known for their ability to swim into bodies of fresh water. Some bull sharks have been found 4,000 kilometers up the Amazon River, and others have traveled through the Mississippi River all the way up to Illinois, which is crazy. That's also why I chose it, because when I started looking into sharks, I was like, that's nuts. Yeah. That is nuts that it is all the way up there <laughs> in the Mississippi. What are you doing? Because I always associate most of these with, like, you know, Hawaii and, yeah. like, the Caribbean and stuff like that. So I'm like, why are you up the Mississippi that high? Yep. There's actually uh, some bull shark nurseries around Florida. Of course there are. Um, but this begs the question, just how are these sharks able to do this while other species are restricted to the ocean? 
The answer lies in the shark's kidneys. A bull shark's kidneys can recycle the salt in their body, as well as glands around their tail, help retain salt in their bodies. They also remove excess water by excreting very diluted urine, which is actually very similar to how freshwater fish live. It is less clear about why bull sharks are almost exclusively the only sharks with this ability, and some suspect it could be an adaptation for bull shark juveniles to have a sanctuary from being snacked on by other sharks. Other bull sharks, maybe? Yes, they will. Yeah, they're, they're not nice. You don't eat your own. Anyway, others have suggested that it uh, may have evolved due to competition for food sources in marine environments and allowed the bull sharks to have their own food source free of competition with other species. I bet a bull shark could eat a python. Possibly. I kind of yeah. I don't really want to because I don't want to see animals die, but I like <laughs> I feel like a shark could do it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the bull shark is currently listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List. The biggest threat to the species is being caught as bycatch in the fishing industry. They are also killed in shark culling, which are meant to provide safety to beachgoers, but this has not been effective at preventing shark attacks. They're also losing their nursery grounds due to urban development. All oh, that part's sad. I wonder, so when you said like the Hawaii attacks, mm-hmm. which I believe was a tiger shark, correct? Yes. So there's like three-ish a year. Are they saying those are three fatalities or just three, three incidents, period? Three, okay. period. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Basically, also, they're the sharks that are near the coast. Mm-hmm. Aside from like, you know, lemon sharks and other little mm-hmm. sharks that aren't going to do too much to you if they bite you. I mean, they can screw you up, but you are you can fight that off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all yeah. right well those are our sharks and yeah. that's i yeah. should mention that um actually they were uplisted to vulnerable back in 2020 mm. so just two years ago okay and like all the sources i found uh, did not have that updated oh okay i also couldn't find any news articles covering that on that uplisting mm-hmm. okay for the bull sharks right yeah. now for the tigers so yeah well, I mean, also it makes sense that people don't like the sharks that have well, killed people. No, I'm not saying we shouldn't like them. I'm just saying that's why people are going to be afraid of them. But, uh, Casey. Yes, Allie? Why oh, did the shark go to jail? Why did the shark go to jail? Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Because he was guilty. <laughs> why? I know, it's such a bad one. I love it so much. Mm. Anyway, okay. All right, but that's going to bring us to our Animal of the Week this week. And our Animal of the Week is... The Jonah's Ice Fish. The Jonah's Ice Fish, which I know nothing about other than I looked at a picture um, and it looks crazy. And also, heads up right now, there is not going to be a picture of this. You're going to have to go Google that one yourself because I cannot get one. So moving right along, tell us about them. Yes, so these guys come from the family Perciformes. They come from the family Canisithidae. And the species' scientific name is Neopagetopsis iona. It's just fun names all around. Yes. The Jonas icefish is found in the Southern Ocean, specifically on the continental shelf. It is a benthopelagic species, which means it lives near the bottom of the ocean in its range and is found as deep as 900 meters, but can be found as water shallow as 20 meters. Okay. The lifespan of this species is unknown currently. They're about 56 centimeters long, and they weigh about 1.1 kilograms. Oh. They feed on other benthopelagic species, mainly on other fishing. Some of the smaller ones will feed on krill. Two interesting characteristics of fish are that it has no scales, and I will get back to why that's important later. Okay. 
and its bones are so thin that they are translucent and you can see into its skull. Whoa. That's crazy. However, probably the most bizarre trait about this fish is that it has translucent blood. That is pretty freaking cool. Yes. The blood is translucent because the Antarctic ice fishes are the only vertebrates that have neither red blood cells nor hemoglobin. Hmm. These ice fish have evolved to have antifreeze-like proteins in their blood, and over the course of evolutionary history, their genes for hemoglobin acquired mutations, making the genes non-functional. It is known that fish in temperate regions reduce their red blood cell count, in colder months, which makes blood thinner and easier to circulate and less clumpy. <laughs> less clumpy. Okay. Yep. Then the question is, how the fish supply oxygen to its internal organs and muscles if it doesn't have hemoglobin or blood cells? Okay. It turns out that cold water holds much more dissolved gas like oxygen. So this is why the ice fish has lost its scales to make it easier for oxygen to fuse into its body. They also have more developed circulatory system and large gills. It, their heart is about four times larger than its red-blooded relatives. Okay. And they also have more blood vessels. A drawback to this is that it needs to pump much larger volumes of blood to supply oxygen than its red-blooded relatives, who devote less than 5% of their energy to this, while the ice fish uses up to 22% of its energy to pump its blood. Okay. And this is because the carrying capacity for oxygen in the ice fish's blood is only about 10% of that of the, its red-blooded relatives. Wow. <laughs> this species of ice fish is known to provide parental care for their offspring as well. Aww and construct nests at the bottom of the ocean, which is also known a known behavior in other species of eye fish. However, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this species is because it was discovered back in January of this year that this species forms the largest unbroken fish breeding colony of any species yet discovered. This year being 2022? Yes. Okay. What did it tell us about this, this breeding colony? I'm so, assuming you're going to tell us about it. Yes. Other species of ice fish usually will nest by themselves or in small groups, while in... In the Weddell Sea of Antarctica, scientists found a colony of 60 million ice fish nests. Holy snap. So they're like penguins where they all nest right next mm -hmm. to each other, basically? Yeah. Okay. And the nest covered approximately 240 square kilometers. To put that into some Whoa. perspective, that's more than double the size of Paris. Wow. The biomass of all the fish in the area equates to over 60,000 metric tons. Whoa! Mm -hmm. They're real social, I guess. Yeah. Dang. Most of the nests were guarded by at least one adult fish, and each nest contained about over 1,700 eggs. These nests are located near the drop-off on the continental shelf, and because of this, there's going to be an upwelling of warm water, which makes the water in the area that they're nesting in about two degrees warmer than water in that same depth in other areas. Hmm, okay. These nests are shaped like a bowl, they are about 75 centimeters across and 15 centimeters deep. The ice fish also put rocks in the center of nests, and this helps with aeration for the developing eggs and keeps them clean, which is also aided, likely aided by the parent moving water over them. Do they have a ton of little eggs? Like mm -hmm. most? Okay. Yeah. 1,700 yeah, in okay. each nest. <laughs> for each nest? Oh my yes. god, and it's twice the size of Paris? Yep. Good lord. 
The bowl shape is important as it prevents the eggs from being blown out of the nest by underwater current. Okay. This discovery isn't just fascinating effect of the size of this giant breeding colony because it also marks the discovery of an entirely new ecosystem. Because when these nests are abandoned, the bowl shape is great for collecting detritus as well as unhatched eggs and dead fish that sink to the bottom. These nests then essentially become dinner plates for scavengers like brittle stars and sea stars that feed on the animal's remains. Hmm. And then when the remains have been eaten and the scavengers are gone, a microbial mat grows over the nest, and this provides habitat for other benthic invertebrates. Ah, okay. <laughs> so this species has not yet been assessed by the IUCN Red List. It is possible that they are not threatened due to the fact they live so deep below the ocean's surface away from human disturbances. However, they may be threatened by climate change with the oceans getting warmer. Right. That would affect it. And these ice fish have been known to be more sensitive to temperature changes. The warmer waters will not supply as much oxygen, and the fish being so specialized for a frigid environment may be put under threat in the coming years. So they essentially suffocate? Yeah. Great. So they're a whole nesting thing that then mm -hmm. becomes this whole new thing. So is that a cycle like every year, every cycle essentially, or do they move their nests? We're trying to figure it out. But we don't know that yet. Yeah. Okay. So they got to like track that colony. Yeah. Right now, see if they return they to it or if yeah. they go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. Likely they return to the same area, but they are currently have cameras set up and they're taking two photographs every day and they're going to be doing that um, for about two years. Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. How are those cameras down there and surviving? <laughs> the pressure and the cold. Yeah. Like, oh my lord. How do they even do that? Okay. Well, that's crazy. Um, sounds slightly terrifying just because I've seen a picture of these. So, like, just imagine all of those. I yeah. feel like you're just, like, swim well, you're not just swimming along, obviously. But if you're just, like, going along, you're like, oh, there's just nothingness. And then you look down, and it's, like, it's kind of like Ursula's All the Souls, you know? <laughs> and you're just oh like, my oh, my God, there's so many. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's cool. All right, well, uh, that brings us to our challenge, and I was like, we're just going to finish off cups. I guess I'm going to have to come up with some more, because I, unless we fail, we're doing five minutes this time. Let's five minutes. Right. Five minutes. Um, <laughs> oh unless we fail, we'll probably get through these. If anything, we'll do it one more time, and if we can't get it done two times, then I'm concerned about us. But we only have, what, two more months left? Mm -hmm. So we have the Pacific, and the, yeah, we only have two more months left, and then we have wild card. Um, okay. I'm going to just do the samesies, so I'm going to say evens because I just like evens. Okay, so and I'm odd, so I'm see. odd. There we go. I'm also odd, but that's okay. I don't know where to roll you because I don't have a lot of space here. 50. It's you. You're first. All right. Okay, hang on a second. Also, I would like to point out that I told people that I decided what dog we were doing last time. Um by rolling my D&D &D dice and then putting a D20 and a D12 together. And yes, I did roll a one, a nat one, on my D20. So mm -hmm. let's get those out of the way. Use those <laughs> dice next to my play. All right, so you are going first. We got the yep. timer going. I'm just getting mine ready so I don't have to pull it All out. Right. All right, and let's go. Okay, so what's powering the light bulb? Electricity? Electric like, eel? Um, no, they're tiny insects. Uh, colonies. Uh, electric ants? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Pfft, that was a random one I found, obviously. Mm. That doesn't sound right. Um, okay. They, how do I want to put this? Um, we They would be sold in like a lot of um, pet store places. They're really pretty. They're semi-aggressive. No, they're semi-aggressive. 
Um, people always want to put them in with like non-aggressive fish. They're kind of long. Okay, so they're not a devil, but a angel. Yes. Oh, angelfish. Okay, but then also um, a really great uh, band led by Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Queen Angelfish. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, previously led by Eddie. Murphy. Yeah. Not Eddie Murphy. What? Okay. Very different than not Freddie the Queen, but the. Oh my. King. Gosh. Are you not allowed to say that word? No, I can't. It's just the second one. I'm never going to be able to describe. <laughs> it was my favorite waterfowl from Europe. Uh oh my god, Eider, a king Eider. Oh yeah. There we go. I'm impressed. Um. Okay. This was something you chose. Oh, boy. Oh, you know how we talked about that animal that was discovered first and they named a bunch of other animals after it? Tiger. <laughs> yes. And it's the most diverse group of animals. Beetles? Yes. Tiger beetle. Yes, but there's another word All in front of it. Tiger yes, beetle. there we go. Okay, <laughs> good. It's an instrument you blow into. A horn? No. A trumpet? Yes. Trumpet fish? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can't act it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, you you made this entire category to choose this animal. It's over in Asia, and they have um, other ones in Africa. It's a cat. Uh, a cat. And they're not spotted. They're not really rosettes either. They're kind of in between a jaguar. Leopard? Yes, but it's a specific country in Asia. Sri Lanka. Yes. Sri Lankan leopard. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's... The ocean has, it's uh, smaller than the ocean. A lake? No, it's still salt water. Oh, a sea? Uh-huh. It's a, so it's a fish, very weird fish, that's known to tight, bite little holes into other ones. It's a pest in the Great Lakes. The, pff, what? Okay, never mind. Aren't cookie cutters it, like no, fish that bite into other that. ones? No, it's Barn, that's not a barnacle. Um, well, it's a sea something, a sea slug, a sea. No. They kind of, they don't really have well. Oh, I should skip this one. You can't skip it. Damn, can't <laughs> skip. Um, um, I guess we can. I think I think you only get to skip one if we do skip. We need to set rules for this. Um. Oh, I think I can. Actually, so a young sheep is a. A lamb. And not predator, Lambray. but. Yeah. A sea lamprey? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? What are these random things I put in there? <laughs> um, okay. These are animals that you don't want to scare because then they're really stinky. Skunk. Yes. And not our coast, the other side. East. Yes, but if it's more of a like. Eastern. Like, yes, skunk. there we go. And then most skunks are, I don't know if I can, I guess you said the word already, so I can't, are striped, but this one is. Spotted. Eastern yes. spotted skunk. Yay, there we go. Okay. When metal get is out and gets Rust, wet, rusted. Um, uh, it's a small, very small feline. A rusty spotted cat. Is that what they are? Okay, I don't know why that sounded weird to me. Oh, this is my battle beast. They're not there anymore. They've been moved, and now it's the oh e giant eland. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So they go when you a walk rattlesnake? by rattlesnake, and not. Our coast, but Eastern Diamondback yes. rattlesnake. Okay, um, this is a thing. Um, okay, so I can't say that word. It's a really big bird. It's our national bird. Eagle. Okay, yes. 
And then um, this is usually a deer. This is usually how they describe a deer, too. It's constant deer that's everywhere. The way they describe Elk? a color and then a body part. <laughs> what? So our, our colors are red and blue. What, what am I? <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's the first part. You already have the last part. White. The bird. Blank eagle. Yeah. And you're going to shake a. But, if you're a bird. Tail. White yeah, tailed yeah. eagle? Yes. <laughs> Don't remember that one. <laughs> we didn't talk about it. Oh, okay. All right. That was obviously. Obviously, we're getting to a lot of the random ones I found. Yeah. I got six. Yeah, six. We usually are even. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. We got 12 total. That's a little more accurate than our 10-minute round yeah. where we got a little crazy. All right. Well, we have... But we'll definitely do one more round. I think there's mm -hmm. more than six in there. So look at that. Cups might actually get us to the end of the season. I don't know, man. Yeah. Obviously, I have found some random things that are in here because mm -hmm. what? Also, giant eagle. I need to look up what this electric ant thing is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't... It's just random things I found. All right, well, that is the end of our crazy month, which is our Indian Ocean, Southern Ocean, and Antarctica. I feel like we've pretty much covered most of Antarctica at this point, so now we're just, like, really trying to get stuff out of the Indian Ocean, mostly. Um, so we had awesome animals, of course. Don't forget to check out the website that will have all the links and info to all of our sources and articles and all that good stuff, as well as most pictures of animals, not this one, because it doesn't exist. Google that one yourself. And uh, also a reminder, we will be taking April off as we try to catch up to get back onto our cycle. That's the last weird month we're taking off. Then we're on the January, July off cycle. Um, and we have our Pacific Ocean next. And then we have our wild card. And then we go into season three. So craziness. So everybody take care of yourself in April. And um, we will catch you in May. I had to remember what month was after April. <laughs> we will see you back in May. Thank you for listening to episode 77 of the Animal Addicts podcast. And as, as always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. We will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts podcast.